From the Ledger Newsroom in Lakeland, Florida, this is Backcourt Violation. Our weekly podcast bounces across the basketball universe with your host, Brady Fredrickson. Now, Backcourt Violation. Hello and welcome back to a, a long-awaited uh, return of backcourt violation. I missed you guys last week. Uh, you know, things get pretty hectic, but we're back again uh, talking college basketball this week. Um, you know, I finally got a chance to go see Florida Southern play uh, Wednesday, which I guess for you guys are listening Friday. I hadn't had a chance to, to see the mocks yet, and uh, I kind of was curious about both teams because coming into the year, I wasn't sure what to expect out of either. Um, you know, the women's team will start there. I mean, they bring back uh, a handful of their key, key girls from last year. But at the same time, last year was something of a disappointment. They got, you know, knocked out of the tournament in the first round uh, last year. So they had, you know, new players coming in, returning players looking to step into even bigger roles. And so I was kind of curious what to expect. But I walked away very impressed, uh, even though they lost to Embry Riddle by two and they kind of had the game in the bag for most of the night. I walked away really impressed with what Anya Fuchs Robodin had done. Um, she's an Austrian, she's a junior, she's been there for three years now, and she's come a long way since being a freshman. You know, initially, she was kind of just a a player who came off the bench, gave them good minutes to freshmen, but wasn't really a big producer. Um, last year, she stepped into a slightly bigger role, uh, took more offensive load and you know kind of became more of a distributor she's a very versatile player she's always been but this year I think more so than in the past she started to take on a scoring role and and with a lot of European players sometimes it takes a little bit to adjust to the American style and for her that was the same thing but uh, this year I really think offensively and part of that is just because she's been put in position to be the, the the number one option for them but She's just been so good. And if you look at her stats from, from last year to this year, her assists are down. Um, you know, her rebounding is up. She's at 9.1 rebounds this year uh, as opposed to 6.4 last year. Um, but but scoring-wise, she's at 19.6 points per game. She scored 29 last night. That's a career high. Uh, she had 17 in the first half, and they literally couldn't stop her. And the way that, that Betsy Harris gets her the ball now versus how she you know, maybe was getting it early on in her career is much different. It's a lot of things in the high post. And you know, most of the time when, when Anya gets the ball, she's cutting to the basket. She's moving. Her momentum is going towards the basket. So it's a lot less of the traditional post-up you see in, in college basketball a lot where, where the big men are gets down, you know, establishes position, gets the ball, dribble, 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 make a move and score. You know, when they get Anya the ball, she's driving, rolling, and she's got to just make a quick decision. And a lot of times she can pass out of that too. And so I walked away impressed with what she did last night uh, in terms of, you know, scoring and, and just being kind of the, the person who had no problem taking that shot. And she's really not the type who whoever gets too worked up on the court, just at least from watching her, she's always smiling. And, and she really seems to have that type of personality where, you know, a bigger role isn't a big deal. But the issue last night was that Florida Southern really is built around three players, and that would be uh, Anya and then Camille Giardina and uh, Jensen Blossage. And, and those two did not play as well uh, last night. Uh, you know, Camille's coming into the game averaging 17 points per game. She, her shooting's down a little bit this year. She's only shooting 33% from three, but she's probably, 
you could make an argument, one of the best shooters in the Sunshine State Conference. And so she's been off to a slightly slow start. And she really, throughout her career, has had moments of, of inconsistency where she'll go a couple games where she doesn't score well, then she'll have a game where she's 8 for 11. So she's a streaky scorer, but she's still at 17 points per game this year. And Blossage has gotten off to a slow start this year, you know, only shooting 22% from three and 38 from the field. But she's, she's a senior. She's been around. She'll, she'll round into form. And I think, you know, that's the thing that Florida Southern needs to work out. They have, you know, a good break before they play. And these games in Christmas time for no matter what team are always weird because the kids' minds – are on exams and in Christmas and the holidays and everything that's coming along. And so sometimes that can be a bit of a distraction, um, you know, and that's just what you kind of have to deal with. And the schedule is kind of inconsistent too, because you're used to playing games Wednesday, Saturday, you know, consistently. And now the holidays come in Florida Southern plays three or four games this entire month, the women. So that's inconsistent too. And so, you know, the team itself is still, you know, working in a lot of new players, I believe they have, let's count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven new players essentially that are in their rotation, um, you know, which is a lot to try and factor in. And, and to, be, to be seven and three out of the gates is a, is a pretty good start regardless. Uh, they turn the ball over a little too much and the assists could be better, the ball movement in terms of setting up shots, um, you know, but that kind of stuff will that stuff will catch up as the season goes on. But here's, a, here's what Betsy Harris had to say last night about Anya and really about that kind of group of three players who are, who are going to carry this team and kind of where the team's mindset is going into the, uh, the kind of the Christmas draw. Well, Anya, she's been like this the whole season. She's, she's our rock. And, you know, our three, bit, our three players are Jensen, Camille, and Anya. You know, I told Jensen, Camille, and Anya, you know, the pressure's on you. You three have to show up every game. And, you know, Anya's the one that showed up tonight. And, I mean, Camille got 14, but she's better than what she showed tonight. Jensen's better than what she showed tonight. And then we got to have a couple of bench players do something. So, you know, hopefully after 10 days and we play on the 16th, they'll regroup. Um, I'm interested to see how they follow up after this loss. So that's the story with the women. Uh, the men are off to a, a more uneven start. However, uneven for them is, is still you know, moving in the right direction considering their struggles the last uh, two years under Mike Donnelly. Uh, you know, the men at Florida Southern are 5-4. and four. Uh, Last night they, they scored a season-high 112 points and a win over Embry-Riddle. You know, they really took advantage at the end of the game. Embry-Riddle had a period of time where they had, I think, three technical fouls within a minute. And Florida Southern really made them pay for that. And from there, it was just, you know, lights out the rest of the way. Um, you know, that was a team, too, where, you know, Mike Donnelly's continuing to build this group and try and shape it into what, you know, what he wants out of a team. And, and they've had some good wins and they've had some bad losses. They've, they've beaten Delta State, who was number 25 at the time. Uh, they upset LeMoyne, who was number 13 at the time. You know, but they've also really started slowly in the conference. They lost to Eckerd. They lost to Nova Southeastern in overtime. And they lost to St. Leo by one. So, you know, basketball is a game of close calls. And you're never going to get every 50-50 ball your way. But you could certainly argue that, you know, a basket here and a basket there. Florida Southern, instead of being 5-4, and four, they're 7-3. and three. And so, you know, that's, that's the good thing. And the other good thing is I really don't think their offense is going to continue to be as stagnant as it's been. You know, it's funny to say that after a team scores 112 points, but really they haven't shot the ball well at all, 27% from three and only 43% overall. Um, 
you know, Jonathan Lawton's their top guy this year, it seems, in terms of, of creating offense and being kind of the guard that does what you know, guards do for Florida Southern. Uh, he's averaging 20 points per game, but that's coming on 38% from the field and 29 from three. You know, he's an experienced guy who's played you know, considerable minutes in the D2 level, so I would expect those numbers to rise even if the points go down. You know, sometimes the volume isn't the best. Uh, Brett Hansen's gotten off to a solid start overall, but he's only shooting 18% from three. You know, he's going to have to get better there, both as a free throw shooter where he's at 34%, uh, <laughs> which is pretty wild for a wing. Um, you know, he, he, I think he's a guy who, by the time he's done at Florida Southern, will have, you know, eventually be their top player um, on that team. But, you know, it's been a slow start for him, too, and I kind of expected him to come back a better shooter, and maybe he's just off to a really cold start. Um, you know, and even there's a couple of new guys. Jack Roush, another returner, uh, 12 points per game, and I think he's had, you know, he had a couple games last year with triple doubles, and he's been a guy who, who has the ability to do a lot of things with the ball. He just has some matchup issues where kind of, you know, the matchup gets the best of him, and, you know, Florida Southern has had to play smaller. But he's also averaging eight, you know, 8.4 rebounds, three assists. So, you know, he's another guy who does a lot out there. And that's kind of what Florida Southern wants is players who can do a lot. And, and for those, those guys who are veterans, returners, Tyler Ross is in that group too. Uh, ben Morello and, and Slinky Jones, two other new guys who are really kind of trying to step into that. You know, what Donald is looking for from them, it seems, is, is the ability to kind of take – ownership both offensively and defensively and so you know he had an interesting thing to say last night and and then this is what he told me i'm starting to hear the guys say some really important winning things so we you know we scored 112 points tonight but we're not a great offensive team yet by any means we want to be really good defensively and they we got in that huddle and they just said what we were talking about defensively keep going for you know congest plug in those dribble penetration gaps um so i didn't have to say it and that's a real big step forward for us. Um, once when it comes from you know, within, we're starting to make some progress. The other thing I thought was interesting last night, which kind of came out of the blue, was that in the preseason when I had talked with Mike, we had talked about kind of some of these younger guys and, and what he expected out of them. And there was three freshmen that really stuck out and, and were ones that I think he expected a lot out of. And that was, that was Josh Relaford, Trey Diggs, and Tyler Smith. And, and they're all kind of wings or guards. Diggs is playing on the, you know, as a kind of small forward, power forward now, but that's based more on his, his build than really his necessary skill set. It just fits better for them there. But Relaford was the one that I was excited to see. And when I saw them, you know, practice before the season, he was a guy who you look at him and, and he's, he can't be, you know, they might list him at six foot, but he looks less than that. And he's just kind of the, the little guard who's shifty and quick and, and really can do a lot with the ball. And he was, you know, really impressive to me last night. He came out and, uh, and I believe he scored 16 points off the bench. He was five of six from the field, uh, got fouled on a three-pointer, made the free throw. You know, he was a spark. And that's, I think, what you need off your bench, you know, with a team like this that struggles offensively is that, it's that guy who can come in and just, you know, doesn't need, you know, to work his way into the game. He can just come out there and start and shoot and, and really get your bench going. And that's what I think he can be. And obviously, I think he's a freshman, a true freshman. So, you know, there's certainly a ways to go for him to be able to kind of be that guy. But I, I was really impressed with him. And I, and I think that was kind of impressive to Donnelly last night, kind of seeing him and, and how he played. And this is what he had to say about, you know, Rico his nickname, uh, Relaford. 
Um, ben Morello hit some big shots off yep. the bench for us. And Rico, Rico's got moxie. You know, that's the best way to kind of describe it. And, you know, he's been struggling with this confidence like some of the other freshmen. We have two other really talented freshmen. Their time will come. Um, but it was good to see him play with confidence. And uh, it was good to see the guys move the ball. We thought we could move the ball against Embry. I thought the ball stuck a little bit in the first half. But once we started moving the ball, we got ourselves into good rhythm. And, yeah, so I'm, I'm interested to see how Florida Southern goes the rest of this month. Uh, you know, after... December rolls by, January comes, and that's when the games really shift into the important part of the season where conference stuff starts. And so you really want to try and work out as many kinks as you can before that because the games, not to say that a non-conference loss doesn't hurt, but it certainly uh, you know, is beneficial to win those conference games early and not have to work your way back. Um, and obviously, you know, for the women, I think they're in a good spot. For the men, they definitely need to start strong once those conference games return next month. But, yeah, it'll be an interesting time. Um, you know, there's a lot of good college basketball around right now. Uh, Florida Southern, both those teams are, are entertaining. If you like points, uh, you know, obviously both teams at Southeastern have had, you know, whales of a start. The women, I think, are in the top five. The men are number 10 or 11. Uh, we'll talk more about Southeastern and Warner men uh, next week. They both will play against, uh, you know, a top five opponent in St. Francis in a little bit of a crossover game, which will be exciting to kind of see how those teams play. Um, and then, yeah, Weber. I mean, Weber's had highs and lows, but they're both women and men are improving. It seems like they're teams that will get better as the season goes along. And then Polk State, you know, um, another team that's trying to adjust to a new coach, to a new system, to, you know, with any junior college team, adjust to being in <laughs> in college. And so that'll be another team that grows as the season goes along. But, uh but yeah, that's all I've got for you this week. Uh, my name is Brady. You can follow me on Twitter at Brady underscore Fred. Uh, shoot me an email. Uh, my name, you can look that up, period, between the names at theledger.com. And uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make this podcast cool. I swear I keep saying it every week, but I promise we will do it. So uh, thanks for tuning in, and I will see you guys uh, next week.